This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back to a emergency edition of Through the Smoke, a podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network that covers Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting. David Lake joined by talent acquisition expert Gabby Urrutia. Gabby, we're having this podcast because Miami's on a little bit of a run right now, uh, adding some intriguing talent uh, to the program via high school recruiting and the transfer portal. Let's start with the news that, that popped first, and that was Thursday night. I feel like we hinted at this ha- was coming pretty strongly in our uh, instant reaction podcast following Thursday's practice, but Robbie and Bobby Washington out of Miami Killian, uh, they are twins, uh, decided to give their pledge to the Hurricanes on Thursday evening. Robbie being a speedy wide receiver and Bobby being a linebacker with intriguing size and traits. Um, So they are twins. They play wildly different positions. So that is interesting in itself. Uh, But uh, they are, I think, um, in their own right, they are each good takes for Miami. Let's start with Robbie, though, who is the higher rated of the two. And I think is he's, he's a very, he's a, he's a good addition. He, he will be a productive receiver at Miami. Gabby, you've seen him multiple times in various settings. Um, tell me just when you think of Robbie Washington, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What do you think of most with him? Yeah, just twitchy. You know, I just think he's really twitchy. I think that, you know, he has something, you know, just watching him move around. I mean, I was just kind of going through like, you know, my archives and, just going back to even like the first time I saw him at a, at a spring, I think it was a, maybe it was a preseason practice, a summer workout at Miami Killian and, uh, you know, watching him go through one-on-ones and, you know, one of the first reps that, you know, he has, he just makes like this one-handed snag after just, you know, beating the corner off the line on a slant and just, you know, he's just really explosive. I think, you know, just a guy that is going to, I think just kind of a, a, the type of player that you just kind of put the ball in his hands. I mean, I think a, a good solid player comp on Miami's roster now uh, might be Brashard Smith. I think he might be just a little bit twitchier. I think Brashard Smith does have that straight line speed, but 
you know, Robbie Washington is, is definitely a, an electric sort of playmaker. You know, I think he had 23 total touchdowns as a junior at Miami Killian, a team that, you know, had an undefeated regular season and Robbie Washington was a big part of that too. So, um, you know, I think that this is a really, really good take for Miami, someone that, you know, kind of had an interesting recruitment with like him sort of claiming he was committed, but no one really knowing who he was because he hadn't really come back down to Miami and then sort of kind of going through the ups and downs of that and naming a top group that didn't have Miami included. And then ultimately it ended up being Miami. But, you know, I think this is a really, really big time talent for, for the Hurricanes and, you know, definitely a big addition for those guys. The thing that stands out about him to me when I watch him is his acceleration, uh, his ability to, he has impressive top speed, uh, but even more impressive than that top speed is how quickly he gets there. Um, and, and to me, that's why he's a guy that is versatile. I feel like Gabby, I don't know if you agree with this. I think, you know, you look at his size and you say 5'10, 170, and, you know, the first reaction is, oh, he's going to be a slot. I think you can play him in the slot if you want, but I also think you can line him up outside because he is extremely quick. Uh, he, he's tough for corners to uh, jam up. I think he's, he's pretty good at releases for the high, for, at the high school level. Um, so you could play him inside. You can play him outside. I feel like you can give him jet sweeps because um, he is creative and He's also creative in the return game. I think last year he returned four touchdowns uh, on special teams. So he's just a guy that, you know, and football's kind of going this way, right? Kind of like positionless in some ways. Just get the best, fastest athletes the ball however you can. And Robbie is definitely in that mold. Yeah. I mean, I just, I know Andrew Ivins wrote a scouting take on him and just one of my favorite things that he wrote about him is just, you know, when you're looking at what the prototypical NFL cornerback looks like, it seems like the NFL is trending towards these maybe smaller, quicker, faster receivers to combat the size guys that can just get off the line and, you know, just create problems. I mean, he kind of mentioned Sky Moore, who's a receiver that's generating a lot of draft buzz, Wandale Robinson, you know, who just had a record-breaking year at Kentucky, you know, those types of guys, I think that, uh, you know, Robbie Washington is, is very much in that mold. And another thing I just think mentally, just kind of watching him compete, I think he has that sort of alpha mentality where he's not just like, uh, he's not like a quiet kid. That's just really talented. He's a, you know, this is a, yeah, he's a dog. He's a confident kid. He, he believes that he's the best player on the field too. So I think that mentality with Robbie Washington and we're just kind of tying it into his skill set, which on its own is, you know, extremely unique and, and, you know, big time, uh, you know, I, I think that makes Robbie Washington. I think that just gives him a little bit more of an edge, you know, when, when sort of just watching him and, you know, the persona and just what he brings to, you know, Miami in that aspect. What would you like to see him continue to develop in his game? I feel like he's, he's got a lot of stuff going for him now, but every player has something, you know, multiple things to work on. And I'm not saying he's necessarily bad at this, but I do think the ability to make contested catches, win 50-50 balls on the outside against corners um, could be an area where he takes the next step. And if he does, then he's definitely, in my mind, he's definitely going to be an outside receiver if he makes that next step. Is there anything you've seen in his game that you're like, keep working on this area? I mean, just like on, on that point, you know, it, that's what he needs to sort of be if he wants to stay as an outside receiver, because if he doesn't sort of, you know, become that 
guy that's going to consistently win those types of balls, then, you know, he could potentially end up just being labeled, just that, that slot label. Um, I just think, I mean, just kind of watching him, you know, I've seen him commit, you know, I'm talking about the mentality of, I've seen him commit like, you know, those penalties, those frustration penalties and stuff yeah. like that, when maybe the ball's not going his way, or maybe, you know, just the offensive is kind of stalling a little bit. I think maybe just the motor staying hot, you know, regardless, I think that comes with age. I think that comes with maturity too. Um, you know, I think all these, all these kids can just continue to develop as route runners. I think that Robbie Washington is a pretty good one, but you know, just continue to just clean that up as well. But, you know, I have seen Robbie Washington win some of those contested catches, watched him in a playoff game against Stranahan. And, you know, I thought he made a really, really good play on the outside where he sort of won a ball like that. So, um, you know, like his ability to create separation is unique, but, you know, obviously just got to continue to, uh, you know, growing, uh, maturing, and, uh, you know, just kind of sort of still being that guy if he wants to be that outside receiver type. He caught 42 passes for 868 yards and 16 touchdowns. Those are big receiver numbers in Dade County, right? It's yeah. not the quarterback play is not like usually elite in Dade County. So those are big time receiver numbers. Um, let me ask you this and then we'll transition to talking about Bobby. Um, how do you think he compares? And this is a little bit strange, but does he excite you more than Kevin Coleman, who Miami thought what they were trending for in the uh, 2022 class? He's out of St. Louis, Missouri. I think in the composite, he was a top 100 recruit, right? Um, he put up big numbers in, uh, in Missouri or Kansas, I forget, but yeah, it was Missouri, Missouri. So, but the competition is not what Robbie is facing in South Florida. Right. Uh, do you think there's similar prospects is one better than the other in your opinion? Yeah, I think that's a good player comp. I mean, I just think, think the fact that Miami just missed on a guy like Kevin Coleman landing a guy like Robbie Washington definitely maybe just fills that sort of gap. I mean, I think is I'll always, you know, when it's sort of like a, maybe a toss up there, you know, I might lean with the South Florida guy. I know who Robbie Washington's playing against, you know, just playing five, a football, you know, in the same classification as Miami central and, you know, American heritage, uh, you know, definitely some, some strong competition for, for Killian, you know, just throughout the year and the teams that they played were, you know, all very talented, you know, he played against a good Gulliver team in game one and he made a few plays. This team lost that game. It was technically a preseason game. But, um, you know, I know Robbie Washington's going up against South Florida talent every time. I don't know exactly what's going on in Missouri, but, you know, I, I will bet on Robbie Washington. I can't say, like, I will take him over Kevin Coleman. I mean, I was really – I feel like we were all pretty high on Kevin Coleman, but Robbie Washington has a chance to be a dude that just continues to trend, you know, positively in terms of the rankings and all that stuff. So, you know, by the time National Signing Day comes around, it's going to be interesting to see where Robbie Washington sits compared to a guy like Kevin Coleman because there are similar talents – uh, similar like explosiveness, acceleration, and a lot of those things that you're looking for. So, um, you know, I I'm excited about Robbie Washington. I think it's a, I think he's a, a, you know, strong take all the way and, you know, could definitely fill that Kevin Coleman void that maybe Miami wasn't able to la add last cycle. Coleman might be a better, like he might be better at, at making those contested catches I'm speaking about. I would say to me, Robbie probably has more juice. I think he's, he's faster. Um, so We'll see. It'll be an interesting thing to watch, even though they are a year apart um, in recruiting cycles. Bobby Washington. Um, he is so Robbie, we said five foot ten, 170 pounds. Bobby is six foot three, 
205 pounds. Um, what's, what's Miami getting in Bobby who projects as a linebacker? Look, I mean, Bobby Washington is physical, you know, he's not, he might not be a top of the board type of linebacker, maybe not the five star. He's probably not going to, you know, really wow you with a lot of things. But again, I think the traits that he does have, he's a willing tackler. You know, he's shown that he can sort of, you know, get to the quarterback coming off the edge. I think he's pretty athletic. And, um, you know, again, I, I just, he's made plays in the passing game too, you know, just watching him play linebacker for Killian as a junior, sort of standing next to Stan Quan Clark, who's a, a name that Miami fans are probably pretty familiar with uh, at this point of the, you know, recruiting process, just because he's a guy that we've talked to a lot. I mean, Bobby Washington was one of the better linebackers I feel like I saw in Miami-Dade County last year. You know, Wesley the Saint, definitely that dude. But, you know, I think Bobby showed a lot of things. I think he's still a pretty raw prospect. From what I understand, he grew up playing other positions, kind of grew into a linebacker. You know, I don't think that this is a, you know, people are kind of, attaching Bobby as like, Oh, he, you needed to take Bobby apart, you know, at, if you wanted to get Robbie, but I think Bobby Washington is a respectable linebacker prospect. Again, you know, the size six foot three, 205 pounds. How many linebackers does Miami have like that on the roster? I mean, a couple of guys that could potentially start might both be like, you know, sub six foot guys. So, you know, I think that he's a, he, he might be a project. He might be a guy that, you know, you might have to develop for a few years, but he is physical. I mean, we talked about Miami's tackling issues. I mean, every time I watch Bobby Washington play, one thing that he was not lacking was willingness to tackle, sort of get after it. Might not be the most sideline to sideline type, but I think, you know, when he could be a potentially be, you know, a, when you'd like, you know, a sure running down type of guy that's just going to go downhill and make a hit. You know, I'm, I'm, I think he could be a solid, maybe linebacker three if Miami decides to go heavy linebacker, potentially take three or four guys. If Bobby Washington is the floor of that class, I mean, I think that you have to be feeling pretty good about, you know, that take. And I think you bet on the size. I think you bet on, you know, the athleticism, the, you know, the, the background too. their dad was a big time athlete too, who signed with Miami coming out of high school, broke Frank Gore's all uh, Miami date, all time rushing record. So I think you bet on the athletic profile, the traits, the genes, and, you know, with that size, I think you have to feel okay about the take. I'm not worried about it at all. And I don't think Miami is either. Yes. Um, you know, I think Mario Cristobal wants every position group ideally to look a certain way, right? He wants prototypical looking personnel. Bobby Washington checks that box. Um, and you, you alluded to this. That's not the case with that position group right now. Um, I do think, like, I think he can be a sideline to sideline guy. Where I have my concerns with Bobby is the passing game. And you could honestly say that about 99% of linebacker prospects at the high school level. Um, that's kind of what separates right now the good and the elite prospects at linebacker is the guys who can play in space, drop back into coverage, be pretty fluid. Um, so that's an area where I think Bobby needs to improve. Um, but for instance, Gabby, uh, like, who would you take over him that Miami has signed in the last three classes? Like who is more talented or do you feel better about than, you know, projecting Bobby Washington in two years? I mean, I think the only ones you could talk that you can tell me convincingly is Wesley, the Saint and Chase Smith. I mean, if that is, if Chase Smith is making that transition to linebacker, I think those are the only two where you're just like, yeah, these guys are definitely, you know, better. You know, I think, I mean, I, again, just in terms of size and the physically, like, you know, the, just the traits, 
I mean, there's not a lot of guys. Like, I mean, I'll take Bobby Washington over, you know, I'm not trying to like call people out, but like, let's say Deshaun Troutman. I mean, I might take Bobby Washington over Deshaun Troutman type. And you know, how's so, he compared to Tyler Johnson? I just think he's more of a pure linebacker. I think Bob, Bobby Washington's maybe more of a pure linebacker. I think Tyler Washington, might, uh, Tyler Johnson might have a little bit more speed. Uh, you know, I think Tyler Johnson's maybe a little bit leaner. I think Bobby Washington could potentially get bigger, maybe up to like, you know, 220 type. I'm not sure if Tyler Johnson will ever get like, you know, that big. But, um, you know, I, I, Tyler Johnson, I mean, I guess is an intriguing name too, just because I thought he was really good, be more of an edge guy coming out of high school too. Yeah. So I, I just feel like Bobby Washington fits the bill of just more of a pure linebacker, a guy that, you know, plays the position a little bit more naturally. They need to, th- Miami needs to throw numbers at that position group, I think in, in high school recruiting and on the transfer market and, uh, you know, see if they can get it fixed sooner rather than later. I think Bobby's more of a developmental type, but he definitely has traits that are worth betting on and trying to develop. So, um, I'm with you. Like, I don't think Bobby's a guy that they had to take because they wanted Robbie. Um, you know, do I think they would have taken Bobby's commitment now today? I don't know about that, uh, like on his own. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Bobby would have ended up in this class if, uh, if there was no Robbie, if that makes sense. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Miami also landed a transfer on Friday evening. Um, Mitchell Agude out of UCLA. He um, he is an intriguing player with some bona fide, like advanced metrics really like him, Gabby. Um, and he definitely has, we talk about needs to look a certain way. Mitchell Agude definitely checks that box. Yeah, I mean, absolutely checks the box. I mean, just kind of, you know, just that he was just on his official visit to Miami, you know, kind of getting word that he has an 81 inch wingspan to go on with the six foot four pushing six foot five frame that, you know, some people in Miami think could be somewhere close to 250 pounds. So, you know, I think Mitchell Gude is a, is definitely a big time body, a big time talent to sort of add to the defensive end room, David. I mean, we've talked about it just over the course of spring practice. It seems like, you know, there needs to be just a little bit more juice at, at defensive end, you know, guys that can get to the quarterback. And I think Mitchell Gude is just a big time land for Miami. I mean, a guy that's forced six fumbles over the last two yeah. years at UCLA. I mean, I think that's, I think that's big. I think that 81 inch wing definitely helps him, you know, get the ball out of there. 
Um, and, you know, people were really excited about him. Just from what I understand, he has the record at UCLA for most career forced fumbles. And that's that he played there for two years because he was a he was a Juco guy. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, that's a that's a valuable trait, you know, just creating turnovers, those types of big time plays that, you know, really change the course of a game. I think Mitchell Gude is a type that, you know, makes plays on on Saturday nights. I mean, I think that ultimately that's the bottom line. And, you know, I don't I, I just think mining needed a body there. And I don't think he's just an extra body. I think he's a guy that sort of changes my view of the position after kind of getting eyes on him, you know, while he was here. He definitely helps. I think. So in my opinion, if you're going to compete for anything meaningful in college football, you got to have at least four defense events that you can count on to, to play at an acceptable level. Right. And that position group is, is definitely dealing with some injuries. Um, you know, Antonio Moultrie, they expect to play inside yeah. body type wise. He looks more like an end right now, but regardless, he is out injured. Nigel Kelly is a early enrollee freshman. So I don't know if you want to depend on that anyways, but he's also hurt. Um, you know, you, Elijah Roberts, uh, I think like when he was hurt, Gabby, it looked like his, so he, he got, it looked like he got nicked a little bit in week one and it looked like a leg yeah, ankle. ankle. Yeah. I think I saw him following Thursday's practice in a sling. Yeah. So I, that's interesting. I feel like that could potentially be something like the ankle might keep you out anyway. So maybe let's get in there and just clean something up that maybe you could have played through, or maybe that was just dragging okay. a little bit. I don't know that for sure. Um, I'm just assuming that's what happened. Cause I don't know how you mess up your shoulder dealing with an ankle injury. Um, but yeah, but I think really, I think Mitchell Gude makes Elijah Roberts's role more interesting too, just because I feel like they view Elijah Roberts as sort of like a chess piece for this defensive line, a guy that I think they want primarily, primarily to play on the edge, but a guy that can kick inside too. And, you know, be someone that that's definitely disruptive. I mean, just a line that could be, you know, a Mitchell Gude, Elijah Roberts, Leonard Taylor, and even a Jafari Harvey on the, on the other side of it. I mean, that's a, right. I feel like that's a, that's an impressive, you know, defensive front. And again, that, that could just be potentially a look, you know, I think Elijah right. Roberts is a guy that, you know, they want to definitely rotate in you talk about wanting four defensive ends. I think Mitchell Gude, a healthy Elijah Roberts with Jafari Harvey and Chance Williams. I mean, right. I think you can kind of go to bat with those guys and, you know, maybe you don't have the most like the craziest defensive end room in the country, but I think it's better than what it was last year. And I think you have to be feeling just better about what you got moving forward through this schedule. Right. So I, I do think those would be the four if we're projecting early, early right now. Um, maybe they could sprinkle in a Moultrie. Maybe they could sprinkle in a Lichtenstein too, who's played on the edge. But but the point I'm trying to make is right now, the second team defensive ends are Cyrus Moss, yeah. who we are very high on, but he's just, he's body type, not ready yet like that. Um, and then Thomas Davis, who, you know, is a project. Um, so it, it's a big drop off right now going from chance and Jafari to the second team defensive line. Yeah. Um, and, and Mitchell Agude definitely will be competing for a starting job. I think that's fair to say, do you expect him to be a starter game one? Do you think it's like a total hundred percent shoe in that he beats out one of either chance or Jafari? 
I, I would I would bet on Mitchell Gude right now. I mean, I guess we haven't really seen him go through everything, but um, you know, he's it feels to me that he's a guy that's sort of a, a plug and play type just because of, of what the room looks like right now. Like I think he, I think he walks into the room and he's better than you know Chance Williams. Um, I think he I mean I think he might be better than Jafari Harvey too. So um, you know, I I, I right now I would be betting on him to start day one on, on game one. Whatever who do they play game one? I would assume Mitchell Gude is playing that game. Right. I, so I think uh, if you just do like a quick glance at his stats, right. I, so last year he's credited with two sacks and the year before he's credited with two and a half. So I think those numbers, right. They don't blow you away. Um, but you look at his metrics from pro football focus. He, uh, he had 38 quarterback pressures and those numbers, like 38 quarterback pressures, I don't think Chance or Jafari had more than 15-ish last year. Um, so he Mitchell definitely does a better job of affecting the quarterback. Now, finishing those plays, turning those pressures into sacks is definitely going to need to be the next step for him. Um, but honestly, Gabby, so I, I went and pulled up, you know, YouTube scouting went and pulled up, you know, you type in Mitchell Agude's name and uh, there's some clips of UCLA defensive line playing uh, Utah, UCLA defensive line playing Fresno state, right? So locked into Mitchell on those clips. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say he's like, I wouldn't, to me, honestly, I feel like he is a similar defensive end as like what Jafari and chance can be like, I think Jafari and chance, if they put it all together can be as good as Mitchell Agude. Um, so I don't think like from a pure talent perspective, he's like head and shoulders above the others, but he has definitely produced head and shoulders, uh, above chance and Jafari. He's a guy that, you know, he has good athleticism. It's not elite. Um, and his, his bend is okay. I would say it needs to get better, his bend around the edge. Um, I think, you know, he's not, he's not a take like a Jalen Phillips, of course. Right. He's not a take. Like, I, I honestly feel like Quincy Roche still is probably a better college player because uh, Quincy could, he bends around the edge much better than uh, Mitchell does, uh, even though Mitchell does have, better physical gifts, but I would definitely take Mitchell over like Deandre Johnson, who Miami took last year from Tennessee. Um, and Deandre, you know, look, he's a guy that's somewhat limited physically, but he still, he still had his best college season last year with Miami. So, um, if Mitchell can have his best college year at Miami, this is going to be a, a big time take all day. And like you alluded to, right, improving the depth is kind of where Miami is at, at a lot of positions. And I think just with, just kind of with the DeAndre Johnson sort of comp, I feel like it's a similar transition to kind of a good kind of maybe moving from like that three, four outside linebacker spot to maybe like a pure, like, you know, four, four man front, you know, defensive end. So I think that that's a, a fair. In these clips, I will say, and we don't know, I mean, I think, it's going to be similar, honestly, in this defensive system um, to like, 
I will say like he, he, he is standing up sometimes, but the most of the time in these clips, he's got his hand in the dirt. So he does both, which I think honestly is what Kevin Steele's going to be. Um, he's going to be a multiple guy. And that's another reason why I bet they like him. a multiple guy with length. Um, again, looks the part. Um, and again, too, like, you know, what is Miami staff telling us with these transfer additions that they're making, um, on that defensive side? So this is now the third transfer on the defensive line, right? You got Agude. You got Jake Lichtenstein, who's a versatile guy right now in spring. They have him working at defensive tackle, uh, but he's a guy that's 6'6", 270, and he can also play on the edge in running situations. Antonio Moultrie has played both defensive end and on the inside at a fairly high level at UAB. Um, so they, they felt like they needed to add more bodies on the defensive line. I would agree with that. And they've gone out and done that. They went out and they've added a Daryl Porter uh, at corner from West Virginia. Um, and so they're, they're checking off all these boxes that they feel like they need to add positions at via the portal. And, you know, of course, the last one I think they need to check is linebacker. And, you know, I think they know that they need to address that position in the portal in some way. Um, they just got to find, got to find the right fit, got to find the guy who can come in and do the job. And, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, Gabby, like this is a, like a Mitchell Agude edition is one that makes you feel better, uh, about this defense moving forward. I would agree with that. I would say, you know, look, I think if Miami goes out and adds a linebacker, that's a similar caliber of like a Mitchell Agude that might be enough for me to be like, okay, you know, I feel like, you know, I said coming into camp to me, this is an eight and four team. I probably move bump that up to like nine and three. If they, if they land a, a good linebacker, a good proven linebacker, if they land two good proven linebackers, then yeah, we're, you know, we're looking at nine and a half. I mean, it's, this is what it takes talent acquisition. This is what it takes uh, to improve your roster in the off season and improve your ceiling for the next season. Let's uh, let's go to who could be next and then we'll get out of here. You put up a good article uh, after the Washington twins committed. Um, we talked about Jalen Brown in our recent uh, instant reaction podcast following Thursday's practice. So I feel like people know what's going on there. Who's another guy you would highlight that you could see committing relatively soon, whatever that means. Yeah. I mean, let's, Hey, let's, let's shoot for the stars right now. I think we got some, we got some momentum building up. Um, I'm looking at five-star quarterback, Jaden Rashada. I mean, we just saw, already saw uh, Nico Yamalieva. I got it. Um, he just, he just pulled the trigger on a, on a commitment to Tennessee. I think some other quarterbacks could start potentially moving also, um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, is, is about to spend the weekend in Dallas, you know, throwing passes to Robbie Washington, his, you know, his teammate for at least the weekend. And, you know, just talking to Robbie yesterday, uh, at Miami, you know, after he had made that commitment, 
you know, he said that he's already talking with Jaden Rashad. They're already having conversations. And I know Jalen Brown and Jaden Rashad are, is, are, are talking as well. And those guys are building relationship as well. Um, you know, I do think that there's a chance that Jaden Rashada comes and visits Miami next weekend. Uh, not saying anything immediate, but I mean, I'm if I'm looking at someone where, yeah. you know, maybe falls in love with Miami and just decides to make it happen. I mean, I think Jaden Rashada is a, a potential uh, who could be next. Uh, a few other guys that I think make a lot of sense. I mean, Ruben Bain, the top two, four, seven defensive lineman out of Miami Central. He's been at Miami on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. He's there again just Friday. There. Just straight he's up. Basically, the, he, I mean, he might as well have a, a, a dorm on Miami at Miami. He's just kind of hanging out there. His older brother, obviously, there as well. And he's on spring break. So he's just kind of camping out over there. So, you know, Ruben Bain's another one that could just decide, hey, you know what? This is where I'm going to be. Um, another one I'm looking at. Uh, Raul Aguirre, who's a linebacker that we've talked about, you know, on here recently as well. Guy with South Florida ties. Uh, I think his dad played with uh, Alex Mirabal, Mario Cristobal, Columbus, and you know, someone that's definitely feeling Miami. A guy that Miami's high on as well. So, you know, I think that those are just a couple right there uh, of guys that can, you know, potentially be the next ones to make a move. Not saying any of those commitments are imminent. Um, again, Jalen Brown too. I think he's a, a strong candidate for that. Uh, to potentially be next as well. So, um, you know, definitely a few names to hear to continue to monitor. And, you know, Miami's always good for a surprise. We saw it with Antonio Tripp coming in sure. and, you know, with the rock, with the Washingtons on, on Thursday, which is, was just, which was a surprise to some, you know, kind of happened relatively quickly and all that stuff, you know, maybe Wednesday night-ish, maybe we started getting buzz that that was going down. So, um, you know, anything could happen with this new Miami staff. Kids are falling, sort of falling in love on campus. So, I think those are a few guys to sort of circle and be like, hey, maybe this could be a, a group of guys that could that could pull the trigger. Jaden Rashada, definitely like if he visits Miami, that's to me, that pushes the timeline up, right? So we'll see if that ends up happening, visits this spring at some point. Um, if you were going to put money on the guy, like the next guy to commit, I feel like the two guys it'd be between is Jalen Brown and Ruben Bain. Where would you put your money? I'd probably put it on Jalen Brown. And, you know, that's, uh, I say that just because, you know, I know that he's really close with Robbie Washington, obviously seven on seven teammates. I know the two have a relationship dating back much further because Robbie Washington is someone who actually grew up down here. I know that they're really tight too. So I know Robbie Washington uh, being on board. I think that does impact Jalen Brown in a way. Um, let's also not forget that he also, you know, similar to Ruben Bain, uh, was at Miami on Tuesday afternoon and went back, spent the entire day Wednesday at Miami as well. And he has a really tight relationship with Josh Gaddis. He's someone that, you know, when Josh Gaddis made the move over here, I feel like we, we were kind of like, I, my first thought was this really helps with Jalen Brown and, you right. know, just sort of, you know, I think that he's someone that could be potentially getting close, not saying anything ha is happening right away or anything like that. I think he's going to go see Texas and Texas A&M. Uh, early next month as well so not saying that we're going to get another surprise or anything like that right now but you know I, I would probably you know I think the odds would probably be on Jalen Brown which is telling because I think Ruben Bain is another candidate for that sure. that could potentially pop anytime this is why so remember back when Miami was kind of was like there was a lot of smoke building about uh, coaching change and the fan base the debate was between Mario Cristobal and Lane Kiffin, right, Gabby? Yeah. Um, like, I feel like what we're what we've seen since January is why 
I was pounding the tape. Like I would have been cool with either one, right? But why I preferred Mario Cristobal is kind of what we're seeing now. And that the, the main point with that was he runs a good program and he's a beast with talent acquisition, right? So he runs a good program. He's attracted tremendous coaches. He's attracted tremendous off-field staffers. Um, I feel like his practices are on point. Everyone who kind of watches him is impressed. Brandon Innes, greatest practice he's ever seen. (laughs) Um, And then talent acquisition, right? I mean, I feel like the ball is starting to get rolling now with commits. And just, I mean, the, the... caliber and quality of recruits that are coming and visiting is uh, deep and impressive. Um, It's the best I've seen in a very, very long time that is visiting. And that's always step one to trying to land top 100 players, get them on campus first and uh, get it done. So I'm going big picture here on a emergency podcast, but I love I'm it. just, I'm just trying to say this, you know, more, more news like this, I think is coming here over the next month. Uh, spring football, exciting time with building the future of the program. And uh, let's get out of here on that till next time. Take care. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.